Hey, yo, yo, I guess we are live. Let me find this uh, iTunes volume control. It picked um, little Damien Rice. Little Damien Rice. He's actually a pretty good uh, songwriter and singer. He gets, there's like, I don't know. Well, it's probably three or four songs I like of his. There's probably three or four songs that are just so broody and emo that you just want to throw up. Um, but some of his faster paced ones aren't too bad. He's pretty talented if you've never heard of him. I think he became famous back in like, what was that? Oh, four, probably 2004 for a song called The Blower's Daughter or The Farmer's Daughter. No, The Blower's Daughter, 2002. That album was released in 02. Um, maybe it became popular in 04 because I'm having a memory of uh, where I was doing uh, some design work when that song was being played and everybody was into it. So like most independent artists, he probably labored in obscurity and poverty for the majority of his working years until who knows, after 10 or 15 years of grinding some DJ uh, at some liberal campus heard his record and was like, hey, I'm going to put this on the airwaves tonight. And the 2 a.m. crowd was like, this song rocks. And then they turned it into like a mainstream hit. And then he sold out and then his all of his music has just been soulless and uh, devoid of any sort of emotion or appeal since then. But let's see, he did an album. That was his main album, O2. Let's see his other albums. Not songs. Yeah, this is this is when he starts getting a little croony. Starts crooning. Let's see, how do I find out his other albums? Damien Rice. We don't listen to this podcast for Billboard 100 stuff. We listen to it for your incoherent political ramblings. Um, and my spot on stock advice. Hello. Um, all right, let's see albums. Oh, I have to click on each individual one in iTunes. Whew, unless they're in sequential order. This one, okay, so then his album called Nine, just the just the number, the new do numerical symbol, symbol nine came out in 2006. And then we had my favorite Faded Fantasy came out in 2014. So he took four years and then, wow, and then eight years. And then Live at Fingerprints, that's not really an album. That's just a... And then B-Sides, one of the B-Sides, 04. Okay, so 02 to 04 to 06, he was cranking them out. Um, one every two years. Uh, and then he took eight years off. So it looks like he has four official albums. 2002, 2004, 2006, took eight years off. Who knows what he did. Um, if he's like a lot of broody artists, he probably ate a lot of uh, mushrooms and experimented with other uh Uppers and downers, perhaps, I'm not saying, just perhaps. Um, and then 2014, all right, there's Damien Rice, whatever. We are taking adventures in day trading today. Um, I can't remember, I've got the trading desk videos going over at brandonmuth.com um, where I am just going over things, like I have tutorials on how to you know, do different things in the charting world, uh, how to run, set up and run scans to identify things. Um, et cetera, et cetera. And then every now and then when I like a pick uh, or two or three, I'll alert it and then, you know, see if that performs well. And obviously all of the disclaimers, I'm not a professional financial advisor. Don't listen to me. These are just me 
drawing colors on a screen and liking the combination and just saying that I like the stock, I like the ticker symbol, I like the colors. Um, they make me feel happy on the inside. Um, so I did that and one of the ones that I really liked uh, is AIRI. They are a small cap uh, manufacturing company in the airline business. And if I've gone over this previously, well, just a little recap for anybody new. Um, they do primarily, uh, one of their biggest clients is doing landing gear for Lockheed Martin. So they have a contract to do landing gear with Lockheed Martin. Lockheed Martin just signed 6.6 .6 billion per annum uh, to do the F-35 fighter jet. So I figured, okay, trickle down economics at its finest. Give the huge globalist defense company 6.6 .6 billion per year to manufacture a single model of airplane, i.e. the F-35. And you go find a little small cap company with two locations. It's a machine shop that's been around for 50 years to make the actual landing gear. They're gonna benefit from it. Um, when you look at their chart, they've ranged between a dollar and a dollar 50, like clockwork um, over the last three years. Um, and two or three times a year they do this. Uh, in the sell-off of 2018, they dipped all the way to 65 cents um, before recovering to like 350. And then in, in the COVID sell-off, they dipped down into the 60s again, um, but then recovered up into the high, the mid twos. Um, but if you take out those two sell-off exemptions, their bottom line has typically been around a dollar um, and they range to a dollar 50 uh, two or three times a year. So with some spikes to 250 and to 350. So if you play the margins conservatively, um, you can get a 30, the chart would show you historically, historically you were able to get a 30% move minimum out of that particular ticker symbol uh, two or three times a year. So a couple weeks ago, it dipped down into that dollar zone. Um, so I bought 10,000 shares and just waiting for it to move up into that dollar 50 range. Uh, the 200 day moving average was at a dollar 32. So I set my sell order at $1.32 to let the bots make decisions for me. I mean, calculate your numbers, calculate your entry point, calculate your exit point, set the algorithm to do the job for you to remove all emotion out of it, and then just wait for that nice little chime that says profit, we're in the green. So it lingered uh, between $1.05 and it actually got as low as 98 cents um, but considering that the two sell-offs that dipped to 65, I didn't add any at 98. That's not a big enough spread um, for me to capitalize on an averaging down. So I just sat there and watched it just linger between a 98 cents and a dollar four, dollar five for like a week and a half. And then yesterday afternoon, I logged into my account just to see how things were going and boom, I was up like $3,200 and I was like, what's going on? And so sure enough, right after the bell yesterday at close, they had a press release that they had signed a $5.6 million contract to develop a, to do uh, mechanical parts for a military helicopter as well. Um, so they shot up, ran all the way to a buck 52 in like a minute. And then they came back down and they bounced around 130 to 135, ended up closing after hours of like a dollar 20 um, and then this morning, they were all the way down to a dollar twelve. 
Um, and I'm thinking about adding, I thought about adding them at $1.12, um, but on the chart, it looks like they could actually, that top resistance is right at $1.14 right now. If you, the way that I draw um, lines on my screen, that top resistance currently is right at $1.14. Um, so I didn't because if it stays in that downward wedge, they're gonna pinch down to closer to 105 again. Um, now with that said, they're at $1.19 right now. So I could have made seven cents in pre-market. Uh, but I'm hoping to get in some discipline here. I mean, the markets are just total insanity. They're defying all, all logic, which they've done for forever. Um, I mean, the, China, the, the Asian markets, like I, you know, everybody. I was even thinking. I, I bought. I bought puts against the Nasdaq, which are getting absolutely obliterated, um, and I bought puts against the Spy, which are getting absolutely obliterated, because I thought, okay, well, the China's going to come off of their holiday, and Evergrande and all the other, you know, overinflated bubble assets in their real estate market were going to start imploding, and that would cause a domino effect for a bunch of offshore uh, bondholders to not get paid, which would then, you know, it's like, it's like the dad beats the mom, the mom beats the kid, the kid goes out and kicks the dog, the dog runs down the street and eats a cat. And, you know, it's just sort of like this cascading effect. That's kind of what I thought would happen. But lo and behold, um, the I'm putting markets in air quotes because I think the markets are just central central bank printing presses. But like I, I have a, um, I keep a ticker, a page open to look at the Asian markets. And you look at them yesterday, the, the Nikkei index was up 517 points and the HSI, the Hang Sang, um, the one in Hong Kong was up 368 points. The friggin' Shenzhen in China itself was up 74. Um, yeah, so you know it's it's out of control. I don't know what the CNBC hundred is, but it was up one forty nine. Taiwan was up three ninety three. I mean, you just look at it, and it's like, okay, we're nearing the end of October, and last year, November, December, into January was when you know you made the majority of your money in the market. So apparently, nobody cares. I'm still holding my spy puts and my Nasdaq puts, my QQQ puts, even though they're absolutely getting taken to the woodshed. Because sell-offs can happen in a blink of an eye, and they don't expire till the end of March. So I'll take, I'll take the beating right now, um, just to hedge against a wild sell-off. Um, but anyway, so I took my profits, I took my profits out of AIRI. I'm looking, hopefully, I'm looking to get back in. I'd like to get back in under 110. Um, before I'm trying to get back in before the middle of November because they're going to have earnings in the middle of November and something tells me they're going to crush their earnings. Um, and what's really compelling about this thing is that if you go to the three-year chart, um, they are looking like probably, where is this projecting out? If I go to my little future thing here, probably by May of next year, they're looking to possibly have a like reversal breakout move. Um, and you know, sucking on the uh, Lockheed Martin teat of $6.6 billion. You can't use that imagery. It's sexist and misogynistic and it discriminates against gender bias. 
yeah, so I'm looking. I'm looking. I listened to that Dave Chappelle thing. I guess everybody was like, oh, what's breaking news? Hold on. British lawmaker stabbed multiple times in southeast England. Man arrested. That doesn't sound good. And stereotypes exist for a reason. I mean, my first thought is a jihadist wheeling a machete. Oh no, you're a monster, you can't say that. Um, then my second thought is some, you know, unhinged Brexit supporter or something along those lines. I have no idea, let's see what, let's see what the news is saying today. Um, huh. First check. Fox News, nothing other than just making fun of Biden and homeless people in San Francisco. Shocker, shocker. Something about Urban Meyer, Biden, Biden. I don't see anything. It must have just happened. Like, what other sites can I check? Uh, I'll just Google. I'm just going to go Google and say British lawmaker stabbed. What's this? Five minutes ago. Wow, it's really, really breaking. Okay. British lawmaker MS. I don't know who that is. He's part of the Conservative Party. Um, he was stabbed multiple times while meeting his constituents. A lot of these reports you don't even want to like look at the first day because they can be so wildly off base. Um, his office confirmed he'd been stabbed but gave no further details. Condition was unclear. Um, he's elected in 83. His website lists his main interests are animal welfare and pro-life issues. Um, oh, it echoes the 2002 stabbing of labor lawmaker Stephen Timms while he was at his constituency office. And the 2016 fatal shooting of Labor's Joe Cox just days before the Brexit referendum. I did not realize there was, there was so much political violence in the UK. Shows how uh, short-sighted and filtered my news intake is. But, I mean, I guess it is what it is. Well, hope, he, hope he's okay. Uh, so, I think there's a multi-year breakout on this chart. And... We'll see. We'll see. Oh, it's up to a buck twenty. Maybe I shouldn't have gotten greedy on that re-entry at a dollar twelve. Um, but what I decided to play today instead, and we'll see. It kind of went against my better judgment, um, but I wanted to experiment with day trading um, stocks that have been going bananas. Uh, and that have subsequently crashed. Um, so I did set up my lines on where I thought the bounce would start happening. And this is on CEI, Camber Energy. Um, they were trading at 33 cents a share in late August. And then someone did some research and found out that 98% of their shares outstanding were shorted. So sort of like a GameStop part two, um, but with an energy company. Between August 20th, when they were at 33 cents, and November 29th, so a month, month of trading activity, they ran as high as $4.85. 
So that's like a 15 bagger. Um, if you had the, you know, if you had the foresight to buy the absolute bottom and sell the absolute top, which there must be a lot of Photoshop in the online stock community because it seems like there's an awful lot of people who end up being lucky enough to catch the absolute bottom and sell the absolute top. <laughs> At least when I'm documenting my picks, I'm being realistic. I'm like, okay, the bottom is a dollar-ish. So I bought it at like a dollar four, dollar five. And then the top was a buck fifty. It ended up spiking to a buck fifty-two, and I sold it at a dollar thirty-two. So, um, you know, at least there's some realistic margins in my shenanigans. Anyway, so I set up this chart, and we are looking at so it ran to four eighty-five, and then between September 29th and October fifth, which is what a week, five trading days, it dropped all the way to eighty-two cents. So whoever bought the top took an absolute bath. I'm sure they dumped it somewhere down there. Like if you bought it 485, you're probably not holding all the way 82 cents unless you got locked out of your account. Um, so then in the next two trading days, it went from 82 cents back up to 244. So a three bagger. And then in the last four trading days, it's come all the way down to $1.27 yesterday. This morning in pre-market, it was down another 5% to a buck 20, um, which just so happens to be the support line that I drew for where I thought the bounce might occur. Um, so I logged in and looked and at level two, uh, level two action, there's, a lo there's, there's substantial volume on it today, um, which you need in order to successfully day trade something. Um, and all the indicators were pointing to a buy zone. So on these shorter term things, I look at the 30 day, one hour chart and it is oversold on the 30 day, one hour chart and it's starting to go sideways. Um, so what did I do? I took um, the money from AIRI and I'm trying to execute a semi profitable trade on a Friday after Friday morning. I'm recording this a day early. Um, and I bought 10,000 shares at a buck 20. I have my sell order in at a dollar 40, which would be a $2,010 profit. Um, and that's a pretty conservative bounce. Uh, if it breaks the support line, it looks like um, my next base is a buck. So I could, I could easily be down, uh, what is that? Probably like 17, 18%. I could easily be down two grand um, by, you know, as soon as the market's open in 27 minutes. But so far, all of pre-market, it has just been going between $1.18 and $1.20. And you say, well, why didn't you buy it $1.18? Because that's the bid. You normally can't buy the bid. You have to buy the ask. Um, so I bought the ask and it filled the order at a buck twenty. Um, well, I put the limit in at a buck twenty. I guess I could have put the 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 limit in at a dollar eighteen, but I rarely have seen um, bids fill. So we're just sitting here watching volume just churn. It's churning on the level two. Fifty shares, twelve shares, fifty shares, eighty-five shares, fifty, thirty-five, sixty-five, hundred and eleven, three hundred, twenty-five hundred, eighty-seven, fifty. So there's I, I saw a couple. One of the reasons I did it earlier this morning was. There was a couple back-to-back -back 20,000 share purchases that came through with the ask, and I was like, okay, so there's there's more than just 
one tall, lanky, good-looking cat trying to profit off this bounce. Um, but my guess is most people have their exit set at $1.80 uh, because on the chart, that looks like where the next bounce would be. Um, because if I draw that downtrend, yeah, $1.80 is probably where the top's gonna be. But on something that I've never really tried to play a volatile day bounce on, um, I'm just setting my, uh, my, my exit pretty low. 140 seems reasonable. Um, and making two grand potentially on clicking buttons. Hey, I mean, how do you, how do you get any better? Like, like what? That's the world we live in. I can click buttons and potentially, uh, let's see here. I want to, I'm going to do that and I'm going to, I guess I could sell half at a buck. No, 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 nope, nope. Stick to your plan. Plan your work and then work your plan. It's not that hard. There we go. I'm not going to get greedy. We're just going to leave it right there. And my my experience with these things is that people um, people get greedy pretty quickly. <laughs> people get greedy pretty stinking quickly. Um, and yeah, looking at this chart, if it breaks that 120-ish support, this could be a dollar in about four seconds. So yeah, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. That's the next support line. If it breaks a dollar, um, you know, the next support is 65 cents. So I could be down 50% in the blink of an eye. Uh, but hey, you know, scared money don't make money as they say. So that's what's going on right now. I'm just gonna let that simmer in the background. Um, and I would say send me good vibes and juju, but this is all past tense for you since you're listening to it on a Saturday morning. Um, what do I wanna talk about? I wrote down a few points in my... Oh, so I listened to that Dave Chappelle thing. Everybody was talking about Dave Chappelle. Oh, he's, he's anti-trans, he's transphobic. Um, and I mean, I don't like Dave Chappelle. I think he's got like three bits that are funny. Like I thought his um, his bit uh, when I think it was was it Terrence the the crackhead guy the, the the crackhead that won the lottery, one of his skits back on the Chappelle show. I thought that skit was hilarious. Um, so he had some he had some he's had some funny he's had some funny skits. The one where he plays a blind uh, KKK member who doesn't realize that he is African American. Um, he's got some, he's got some contrarian humor probably is the most accurate way to state it. Um, but I've watched some of his standup specials and he's also incredibly lewd, like vulgar and lewd, like, like a lot of comedians are. I mean, there's a lot of comedians, a lot of comedians cuss. So there's like cursing comedians and then there's just like outright lewd, disgusting comedians. And in my opinion, Chappelle is in that he's in that top half. He's in the cussing to being downright lewd and disgusting. So it's hard for me to find most of his humor funny um, because it's just so, it's just so disgusting. Um, anyway, so I saw something on the news where, you know, people were trying to cancel him because he was transphobic and anti-trans. And I said, well, why are they saying that? And apparently it's because he came out and he said, it's a fact that there's two genders and it's a fact that every person ever to walk the face of the earth had to pass through the 
quote, legs of a woman in order to come into this world. And that's what got him into, quote unquote, so-called trouble with the woke police. Um, and I'm sitting there and I'm just having a hard time um, on a couple fronts. One, the conservative crowd and everybody who was supporting him thought that that bit was like the most hilarious thing they'd ever heard. Like people were like, oh my gosh, I'm ROTFLing. And I went into it expecting, okay, this, this must be really funny for people to be literally ROTFLing. And so I went and I watched it and that's what he said. He was like, yeah, it's a fact. There's two genders and it's a fact that every person who's walked the face of the earth has had to pass through the legs of a woman. And, and people were like blown away with how humorous that was. And all I could help but think was that's really where we're at in our culture that stating a biological truth is funny. Like how unhinged have we become? How decadent have we become? How completely out of touch with critical thought have we become that to state something so self-evidently true is now humor? That would be like me getting up and saying, hey, the sun rises in the east every morning. Every person from the history of mankind has experienced the sunrise to the east. And everybody like starts just laughing hysterically. Like what kind of lunatic asylum are we living in? Like, do you understand how, how just inexplicably retarded? You can't say that word. Yes, I can. In this particular instance, I can and I will. It doesn't make any sense. Our mental capacities are so inferior at the moment that we think someone stating the fact that people are born from a, from a mother's womb is humor. Uh, so yeah, that that part to me, I, I just don't understand. I sit there scratching my head. The other thing that bugs me about Chappelle is he thinks he's so intelligent. You know, he gets this whole like calm, collected, deep voice, trying to make like real in-depth observations. And then his real in-depth observations are everyone is born of a woman. Duh. <laughs> Like, if you're going to get all, like, Nostradamusy on me and, like, Plato and, oh, I'm a sage, at least drop something that's insightful that other people maybe ha haven't observed or considered before. Oh, look at that. Just money coming everywhere. Plug-in money. Man, this thing is just churning. Buck 18, buck 19. But what I like, oh, holy moly, 10,700 share purchase. 5,000, 5,300, 3,600 volume is picking up. We are 19 minutes from open and pre-market volume is getting a little bit frisky, which is what I need for this bounce play. Now looking at this chart, that big gray line, which represents the 200 day moving average is at 219. Ooh, who You want some $10,000 in profit? Just break your rules. Forget about your boundaries. Just dangling that carrot, 10 grand. Ooh, it's up to $1.20. Now it's ranging $1.20, $1.19. 2,000 shares, 1668, 865, 1652, 200, 200, 800, 865. Holy moly, they're coming faster than I can read. 2,400, 2,600, one. 
That's clearly a bot trying to keep the price down. Who buys one share? Oh, I only have a dollar and 19 cents to put into the market. I hope it goes to a dollar 40. You're not even gonna cover your freaking commission fees. There are no commission fees. Yeah, but there are transaction fees. Can you imagine? Like I, I traded some in college, I've said, when it was like, Meritrade at the time, I think was $7.95 a trade. So you had to, like you couldn't make these penny trades. Like if you're trading with 500 bucks and you made 10%, like you're like, oh sweet, I pocketed 50 grand. You had to come out of pocket $15 just to, to make that happen. Um, so this, this commission-free brokerage stuff is the best thing in the world for day traders. Although Biden is thinking about taxing, um, putting like a transactional tax. Go away, Biden. Get out of my pocket. Oh, I only want to track what you spend over $600 on. How about we track what you spend $27, $28 trillion on? How about, how about we start there? How about we start there? Before you start poking your nose around in what me and other God-fearing, liberty-loving Americans are spending over 600 bucks on, how about we take a gander at what you're spending $28 trillion on? How about we do that? We'll start there. You go first, and then we can talk. Um, yeah, so it, it, Chappelle, I don't know. The Chappelle Show, the Chappelle Show. I remember even when my friends back in the day when he came on, it was like super popular that first season. It was like a viral thing before viral things existed because there was really no internet to spread the virus with. <laughs> um, well, there was there was internet to spread viruses, but it was typically clickbait. Um, when I worked at an unnamed church, uh... There was the Anacornikova virus going around. And back in the day, in the early stages of email, um, for all you young folk that don't are not aware of this, um, people would include like network-wide viruses in like an extractable zip folder. Um, so the Anacornikova virus, Anacornikova at the time was a, I don't know, 18, 19, 20-year-old Russian tennis player who was tall and blonde and tan and everyone, and she modeled and everybody was like, oh man, Anna Kornikova's hot. And so some hacker, probably, you know, I don't know, some Russian, some, you know, 14 year old loser in some basement, probably, probably some genius, to be honest. I, I remember seeing a 60 minute special in the mid nineties about some 12 year old that hacked like the DOD's website. Did they even have websites in 1994? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was, he hacked, he hacked like the DOD and the Pentagon website and they featured him on 60 Minutes um, when 60 Minutes was still a semi-reputable uh, journalistic organization. Um, anyway, so I don't know who created the Anacornikova virus, but it, it showed up in the form of a zip folder and it was like promising like nude pics of Anacornikova. And when you opened it, it sent it out to everyone in your contact list. So in a mega church with, I don't know, there was probably 125, 130 people on staff. You know, it's all like, it's all a contained network. Um, and I remember it was a huge scandal uh, because everybody showed up to work one morning and someone, <laughs> someone had uh, accessed their church email and had been sent the promise of Anna Kornikova uh, scandalous pictures and someone double clicked that file and it 
spread like a virus and resent it to everyone else in the church network and beyond. So that was quite an embarrassing scandal. Um, there was bets being taken on who did it, and they sort of, you kind of deduced who did it because, like, they ended up getting fired. <laughs> I, I don't know why I find that amusing. <laughs> the <laughs> the Anaconda virus church scandal. <laughs> I really shouldn't find it amusing. That poor dude was just, I, I mean, hey, you know. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Anyway, so the Anaconda virus and some 14-year-old hacker was responsible for a otherwise well-intentioned dude just, you know, Grinding away, doing non-pastoral related duties at a church. And uh, you understand the fall, I guess. You understand the fall. Hey, take a bite of this apple and everything will be great. Uh-oh, it got sent to... Hey, you know, I mean, think about it in, the, in terms of that. If we're going to get into theology, this is not your theology podcast. I'm turning it off. You Christian fundamentalist. I mean, if you think about it in terms of like original virality, like Eve took a bite of that apple Um and because of Adam and Eve's sin, like that went viral to every human ever created in the future. Like that's like the ultimate meme. That's like the ultimate Anna Kornikova virus. So I don't know. Cut the guy some slack. Oh boy. This thing, this thing, I don't even know where this thing is now. Anna Kornikova viruses. What was I talking about? I gotta start. I gotta start. I, you know what I need to hire? I need to hire a court reporter, a stenographer, to sit here and bang away at keys. Um, come on, I'm not seeing enough. 10, 20, uh, 5,000, 6,000, 1,700, 3,000. I need like I need like a fifty thousand share purchase. Give me a fifty thousand share purchase. That's gonna give me some confidence. I mean, it's just churning, and that's a good sign when it churns sideways. That is what the stock nerds call quote consolidation um, and things have to consolidate before they quote make their next move up um, so I mean hey I'm following the lines right I actually drew the line that's the best part about drawing lines is that um, what was the other stock I was looking at oh yeah smile direct club SDC I mean they're right on their line I mean I drew these lines last week which is why I bought um, shares yesterday afternoon because it got to the line it's like, how hard is this? <laughs> Famous last words. But, but honey, I bought it when it was on the line. I can't control the fact that there was a 50% market-wide sell-off caused by China's overinflated $5 trillion real estate bubble. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. I bought it when it was on the line. Who cares if it's our life savings? <laughs> I, 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 I need to do some research as to why this is the case, but financial ruin just tickles my funny bone. <laughs> like, I shouldn't say financial ruin, like, you know, where like somebody loses everything, but like just the opposite side of profit um, when it comes to like confident risk-taking has always tickled my funny bone. Um. And there's a meme floating around of this guy. It's like a, you know, it's like one of those iStock, you know, stock stock videos where it's like this professional guy. He's like 50 years old and he's sitting at his desk and he's like smiling and looking at the screen. 
and he's nodding like mm, in approval and then it fl flips around and it's looking at his screen but it's not really his screen like they edited it and it just shows this share price like just take a stinking 85 degree dive down and it goes so far down it like breaks through the bottom of the screen and goes into the desk and then it cuts back to his face and he's just sitting there smiling and nodding and then he turns to his diary and he supposedly is writing in his diary and they caption it dear diary <laughs> i have <laughs> Dear diary, I have lost everything again. <laughs> oh, it just cracks me up. There's a Wall Street Bets video going around. Some guy did a Wall Street Bets video looking at the five most moronic options plays uh, over the last year in 2020. And I, I thought I was going to throw up. I was laughing so hard. It got to this particular one where this guy did a quote unquote risk-free box spread and I was laughing so hard I thought I was gonna vomit. Like I was convulsing on the couch. I was I was like on the beginning stages of dry heaving, I was laughing so hard. Um, and the narrator, he said, uh, he was like, if you don't know what a box spread is, don't worry, neither did this particular trader. <laughs> anyway, he ended up losing like 2,000%. 2, he went negative. And Robinhood had to cancel his account, and they actually banned box spreads because of his uh, folly. But yeah, SDC's sitting on the line, so it's kind of cool. You kind of, it's kind of cool. Zela, I was looking at buying Zela. Um, they're sitting right at the pinch point. Holy moly, they are right at the tip of the pizza slice. Which the only reason I'm not buying them is because last week they announced that they had filed for a 500 million dollar. Um, shelf offering and for noobs that means that you take their current share price um, and put it into 500 million and that's how many new shares that they are authorized to sell so if we do 500 divided by 1.7 another holy smokers holy smokers 299 million shares going into the float it makes me a little hesitant to buy that pizza pinch. As much as that pizza pinch looks nice, um, I don't. I don't want to touch. I don't want to touch another three hundred million shares. Nope. Not gonna do it. Follow your rules. Follow your rules. CEI just churning. So yeah, Dave Chappelle. Um, I don't know what it means for our like humor. Should typically, I think, be critiquing things. And on some degree, he sort of did critique. Like he, he kind of was like, hey, stop playing the victim card so much um, to the LGBTQ, LGBTQ community, which is why they got so ticked off. But then if you listen closely and you listen to the nuances in his, in his delivery, he ends it. And this is when he drops the mic and walks off and his like, you know, I'm Plato and Socrates put together. Um, he ends it by by imploring, like pleading, almost preaching levels of like volume, volume and yelling at preaching to them um, to, quote unquote, stop punching down on his people. So somehow he brought it full circle and made the claim and it was his walk off claim. Like he, he ended it with that. Stop punching down on my people and dropped the mic and walked off the stage. So somehow throughout that entire rambling one-hour monologue, he turned it around so that now 
He's claiming that the LGBTQ community is punching down on the African-American community. And it was like, okay, so basically all this thing is is just a jockeying for victimhood position. No, it's not. Chappelle is an independent black man. He doesn't uh, adhere to the victimhood mentality. I mean, how else am I supposed to interpret that? You spend an hour rambling about all this stuff, and then your closing walk-off mic drop moment is you you implore the LGBTQ community to stop punching down on you? Maybe I'm not following the right news. I mean, obviously, I didn't know about UK political violence. Maybe I'm following the wrong news feeds. But I don't see any stories of the LGBTQ community punching down on the African-American community. So I think what it is, is it's just a smorgasbord of you take kind of just paint with big brooms. You've got the victimhood industrial complex, which makes a lot of money. You've got the group identity complex, which makes a lot of money. And there's some sort of Venn diagram on the overlay. And you currently have, I think you have Dave Chappelle feeling threatened that his particular community is losing its prime top victimhood spot to another group. And he's trying to like preemptively get in front of that and wrestle it back. You can't say that. That is the most Anglo-Saxon, blonde-haired, blue-eyed thing you could possibly say. I'm insisting that you get canceled. I mean, I, I'm just trying to read the tea leaves, people. And when I look at the when I look at the vast diversity of everyone, and I've gone over this with Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles, and they're both minority women, um, you go over the plethora of people attempting to play the victim card, it runs the gamut. It's multimillionaires. It's poor people. It's middle-of-the-road people. It's Ben Zobris' wife. It's, I mean, the, the list, I should I should have... Uh, compile a list of all these people that are trying to play this card. Um, the, the diversity among the victimhood industrial complex is massive. It's broad, it's wide. And I think that when you feel like your tops, it's like King of the Hill. I mean, if you feel like your top spot is getting threatened, of course you're gonna sort of passively aggressively come out swinging at the group that you feel is is threatening your top spot in terms of being able to claim victim. So that was my take on Chappelle's special. Take it for what you want. Agree with it, disagree with it. Um, I don't really care. That's my take on it. Uh, so, and, and if you're not into like super crass, disgusting humor, don't even watch him because some of his stuff is just like, it's just gross. Like it's not even funny. It's just flat out, this, oh, 10,000 share purchase. I like it. 5,000. We're under three minutes. Two minutes and 14 seconds to the bell. We're going to make sure the volume's up so we can listen to this thing ding. And then hopefully we're going to hear a ding, 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 ding. Well, I know we'll hear that. Ceteris paribus, all things being equal. Um, the internet doesn't go out, etc. We're going to, holy smokes, Bitcoin is almost at 60,000. But the Bitcoin stocks aren't moving, which is kind of weird. At least the Chinese ones aren't. Um, is there any other Bitcoin stock besides Chinese Bitcoin stocks? Um, we're going to hear a ding, 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 and then we want to hear a bring. That's what we want to hear. Okay, on the one-year chart, this looks like it's still got, it still looks like it's trending downward. 
please God on the sixth. Okay, on the six month chart, it looks like it's flattening out. On the 30 day, one hour, we're still oversold and just barely come. I mean, you got a 20 cent bounce in you. Come on. Come on, it's the little engine that could. We want to hear a ding, 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 and then we want to hear a ring. And if we hear that, someone uh, pocketed a cool $2,000 of paper monopoly money. Which, if you watch Wolf of Wall Street, um, I would promptly go spend on hookers and cocaine, but that's not what I do, and it's not why I'm on, I'm on Wall Street. I'm in my basement. In my basement, 45 seconds. This is exciting. I can see why people, I can see why people uh, play the stock market and day trade. Um, the, the potential um, is quite exciting. I do want to talk about, um, I did write down in my day planner, which if you want to get a great day planner, get. The, I'm trying this quarter, I'm trying, it's called Get Stuff Done, and it's a 13-week planner. And what appealed to me about it um, is that it breaks it up into a quarter. So 13 weeks, it's just a quarter of the year. So a lot of those planners, you know, they go the entire year, this thing's a quarter, and it's designed to sort of like a magnifying glass on an ant in the summer sun. It's designed to channel all that energy into a quarter. There's the bell. Which way are we going? Which way are we going? So far, just $1.20, just churning at a buck 20. Churn it at a buck twenty, consolidating. Um, well, we're just gonna let that thing do its thing. The the volume is in a downward wedge too, which uh, which could be which could be bullish as well. What if I should double down my order at, at uh, the next next technical bottom is eighty eight cents. Um, scared money don't make money or a fool and his money are quickly parted. Which one is that? <laughs> if I double down at 86 cents, my average, what would that be? That's a 34 cent spread. So I'd be in at a dollar three average. If I doubled down at 83 cent, 86 cents, I'd be at a dollar three, a dollar three, dollar three on the chart. Yeah, dollar three on the chart looks promising. But so does a buck twenty. What do I know? Two hundred and forty-five thousand eight hundred shares just came through at a dollar twenty-one. We are on our way, ladies and gentlemen. We are on our way. Twenty thousand, forty-four thousand. I'm just, I'm just gonna. Oh, buck twenty-three. We're just gonna sit here and listen for this chime. Come on, thirty-day, one hour. Keep moving up. Two. Man, I'm like. I keep saying this. I'm such small potatoes. It's like, oh, I'm going to make money in the stock market. Here's my two pennies. I'll throw them in the wishing well. 25,000, 10,000, 9,000, 10,000, 59. The, the volume on this is absolutely bananas. And this is where the greed in you goes, oh, quick, quick, move that sell order to a buck 80 and make six grand. There's actually, there's actually, um, I'm looking at the level two. Um, the level two, there's actually some sales sitting in at a dollar 50. I appear to be the only guy trying to scalp the dollar forty range. I don't see any other sales set at a buck forty. All the other ones are a dollar fifty and higher. So again, just conservatively trying to scalp um, to the dollar forty range. The volume on this is absolutely what you want to see when you're trying to day trade something off of a bounce. At least that's what I've been told. 
Um, and this is distracting. This is distracting. Oh, I'm, I'm up big on something else. What else am I up big on? Oh yeah, my owlet warrants, of course. I mean, they're all-time lows off of irrational selling. Oh, that's that's the other story. Where am I going with this thing? All right, I ah, I gotta I gotta write down bot bot o l w t warrants. I've got to tell that story. What was the other story I was telling? Oh, so the stock market. I gotta share this story. Oh no no, the getting things done. Man, focus, Brandon. You need a you need a one hour planner, not a quarterly planner. You're all over the place. Uh, but this getting getting stuff done is a quarterly planner and I really like the format. So if you're into like messing around with schedules and efficiency and things, you might wanna check it out. Get Stuff Done, 13 week planner. It's black and yellow, um, it's pretty tight. I did write down in here, sounds like dingaling. And you go, why are you talking about sounds like dingaling? Um, quick stock story. China, what, 10 days ago, they said we're the, their energy they came out with the directive of we're gonna use all means necessary to secure um, supplies for the winter. And it hence heating supplies, so natural gas, oil, etc. So I went and I found uh, one of the premier natural gas shipping companies and they were trading at three bucks, which on the chart looked nice. And so, on the one year, it looked it, it had like a twenty percent move in it, just out of just normal stuff, normal conditions. It had a twenty percent up move uh, potential, um, with about a ten percent down move. Ceteris paribus, Latin for all things being equal, fifty thousand shares, seventeen thousand. Man, this is fun. I, I like this. It just it's it's stuck at a buck twenty four. Just needs to come on, people, keep buying it. 33,000. So it had like a 20% up move with all things being equal with natural gas prices spiking and China saying they'll do whatever it takes to secure supplies. I figured, um, hey, you know, they're going to be making extra money because we're in an extraordinary environment with inflated natural gas prices and a country with an infinite printing press promising to pay whatever is required to get the gas to be delivered to them. Um, so I bought a thousand shares at three bucks and I posted on a stock board that, I, that I'm a member of, you know, I post periodically and I was like, hey, here's the research, you know, here's the articles to Chinese, the China government making this directive. Here's the research on this company, which has been profitable. They pay a dividend. Um, you know, they've been in business forever. Buck 26, buck 26, another 50,000 share order. Um, and we're sitting there and I post all this stuff, another 50,000 share order. Wow, this thing, I, I need to get a faster processor. This thing has so much volume. Like it, my, my computer fan's turning on. It can't keep up with all of the live action, um, which tells me, my gut tells me that there's a bigger bounce than $1.40, but I'm, since I've, this is the first time I'm playing this, I'm not gonna break my rules. $1.27. What does it look like on the daily? I need to make sure it's not overcooked on the daily. Ooh, it's super overcooked on the daily. $1.29. It's super overcooked on the daily, which on a day trading model, you'd want to get out right now. But on the 30 day, on the 30 day, it's still got some room to go. 30 day, one hour, it's still got some room. I'm going to trust the 30 day, one hour. 
We're halfway there. We're halfway there, gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, we're halfway there. I could sell right now for a thousand. If I was playing the day chart, I'd hit the sell button right now, but I'm playing the 30 day one hour. We'll see if that's, we'll see if that is the correct decision. I mean, the volume kind of tells me it is. So I post all this research. You know, I spent an hour probably researching this, finding links, finding articles, um, you know, posting things to their historical performance. Um, and I post all this on this message board. And I was like, hey, you know, here's a rational, reasonable, here's the thesis, here's the ticker, here's the history, here's the projections, here's the charting. First response I get, okay, I'm thinking, wow, someone's gonna post great, great DD, due diligence, great research, hey, I'll take a look at it. First response I get, their ticker symbol is DLNG, DNLG, Dynagas Natural Liquid Gas. D-N-L-G. First response I get within like 15 seconds. Guy says, sounds like ding-a-ling, good enough for me. And then everybody just starts replying to his comment, making male anatomy jokes for why they're gonna buy this stock. And I threw my hands up and I just started laughing. I walked upstairs and I told my wife, $1.32 people, $1.32, $1.32, and it's, so overcooked on the daily. What am I doing? So overcooked on the daily. Decision time, people. Decision time. I mean, am I going to take emotion out of it? Or am I just going to let the bots run? Um, You know, you know, it's overcooked on the daily. I want 1200 bucks. Boom. $1,200 in the bank. 1200 bucks in the bank. We'll see what it does. First time I play on that bounce, might as well take 1200 bucks. What is that, eight minutes from open? Okay, no complaints there. No complaints there, and on the daily, it's wildly, wildly overbooked, wildly overcooked on the daily. Wildly overcooked on the daily, like out of control, like RSI is almost at, the RSI is almost at 90. Yeah, I mean, it's a vertical line up. I'm not kidding, like if you saw the chart right now, it literally is straight up. Like when Reddit bros say, to the moon. <laughs> um, but that's that nice chimey sound. Bring. Um, $1.34. I'm just gonna sit here and watch this. And here's the thing, if you're gonna, if you're gonna trade, you can't regret what quote unquote could have been. You just gotta, I mean, you just gotta make your decisions and live with them. So I'm gonna sit here and watch this so that I can continue to learn to see if my predictive models are accurate. Um, and in the meantime, I've got an extra 1200 bucks in the bank. So no complaints, $1.35. Um, so anyway, it sounds like dingling. That's, that's what they took away from that was that it sounds like dingling. And so people started buying the stock because it sounded like male anatomy, locker room humor. And sure enough, that day it actually spiked to 340 and I sold it for 12%. So, hey, if penis jokes help stocks go up 12% a day, I guess I'll take it. Um, and then it's back down to three and I bought more yesterday. So, you know, if you play these candlestick moves, you kind of, I think the way to be successful as a day trader is you have to go, you have to look at the daily chart and you have to view those minute moves in terms of being like a year move. And so when you look at that chart, 
you look at where the low is, like after hours yesterday, I could have gotten into this, this CEI play at $1.16, $1.17 on the ask, you know, and that's when it was oversold. And then this morning when it's overbought, it hit $1.35. So, you know, that happens in the course of hours. Um, but those candlestick moves are where you make the money as a day trader. Now on the longer term plays, which I have a couple of, um, you obviously are, you know, you're looking for value to materialize. Um, this one is just a pure, this one was just a pure momentum volume play. Um, it's stalled at $1.33 right now. So sounds like dingling. Um, this, this podcast really is becoming uh, all about stocks, but hey, it's what I'm enjoying the most. So last stock story I'll tell, where are we at? What are we at on the time here? What are we at on the time here? I, oh, dude, I got to leave. I got a haircut. I got a haircut in 19 minutes. So I, got, I got four minutes to tell this stock story. So there's a startup called Owlet. They're based out of Salt Lake City. They started in 2015. They did a million dollars in revenue in 2015. They did $10 million in 2016, 25 in 2017. Uh, they're up to $100 million this year, okay? They went public through a SPAC. They sell a wearable sock for infants um, to put on their, their ankle at night and it tracks their heart rate and their oxygen levels and then alerts parents if there's a problem in the middle of the night. So they've, they, have, they claim they have over 1.2 million parents who've bought this sock. Um, they're on pace if they, if they achieve what I believe are their, res, their reasonable growth goals, they're on pace to do a billion dollars by 2025. They get a letter October 1st, I think, from the FDA that says, hey, a parent on your Facebook group claimed that this sock um, properly diagnosed brachycardia and in their baby and it saved their life. You are not approved by the FDA to diagnose brachycardia. Therefore, we're sending you a warning label. You need to make sure you don't use this in the marketing. Their stock took a bath. It went from 10 bucks a share down to like 375 um, over the course of a handful of trading days. Um, I read through the FDA warning letter. I read through the response from the company. It wasn't a recall. It didn't sound like it was jeopardizing their business. They have two other products, a wearable pregnancy band and another sock that are actually in the process of seeking FDA approval right now. Um, and so I was like, you know what? This is fine. Like, I, I don't really see a problem with this. So I looked at the chart, do some lines, waited. And on the warrants, the bottom on the warrants was 50 cents. So Friday of last week, Friday the 8th, I'm sitting there and I'm watching these warrants and I wanna buy some and all of the sudden, all of a sudden out of nowhere on the level two, every six seconds, warrants are getting sold at one one thousandth of a penny over the ask, over the bid. So the bid was at 0.5001 and the ask was at like 54 cents. So it was like an 8% premium to, to pay for the ask. But every, literally every six seconds, there was a, blocks of 100 warrants getting sold at 0.5002, one one thousandth of a penny over the bid. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna jump in front of this algorithm and I'm gonna put in orders for 0.5003 and see if I can't outbid this algorithm. Sure enough, I put in order for 5,000 of those at that and they filled every six seconds like clockwork. So while those were filling the background, I did. I went and I did a crash course in research. Found an interview uh, with the CEO 
um, read through their financials. I, I blazed through their 74 page slide deck um, for their investors and made the decision that I was very bullish on this over the next two years and decided to quote unquote load the boat with 50 cent warrants. So I ended up picking up 50,000 warrants. And all I did was I just outbid this bot by a thousandth of a penny and all day long warrants every six seconds filled into my account at a hundred per share or at a hundred a hundred at a time couldn't believe it couldn't believe it so i have two other accounts and i went in over the course of those three accounts i added a hundred thousand warrants on friday every six seconds just ding 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 so anyway sitting on a hundred thousand warrants at 50 cents 50 cents 50.5003 a thousandth of a penny and I outfoxed a, a bot. I was, I was pretty excited. Anyway, um, if they get, uh, if they iron things out with whatever the FDA letter is all about, um, and they get FDA approval on these two other devices, which they've been working on for the last two and a half years, um, I think that this could easily. Someone, someone even put a, a seventy-five dollar price target on the stock by twenty twenty-five. It's currently trading at four. Um, so that's going to be a long-term hold for me, long-term growth play. Uh, but anyway, I, I don't know how I beat the bot, but I just figured I'd give it a try and I lucked out. Monday rolled around and I was like, hey, I wonder if I can do this again. And I put a bid in a thousandth of a penny over the bid and uh, it didn't fill at all. So something was going on. Maybe somebody knew something and was like, hey, we are going to get recalled and we're going in the toilet. So let's just offload our 50 cent warrants to some unsuspecting day trader who thinks that he's the next Warren Buffett and uh, we'll let him hold our bags. Could very well be. Um, but we'll see. This thing's just churning at a buck 32 now. It's kind of, it's kind of lost its luster. Um, so while I sit on $1,200 of profit in eight minutes, I'm going to go get my hair cut. And I'll talk to you next week. Hope you guys are doing well. And send questions to podcast at muthanomics.com or questions at muthanomics.com. I check both. Peace. Stop button. Come here.